This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the MK1 podcast. Joining me, Joe, today is Ross Duffy. Ross, how are you getting on, mate? Um, yeah, it's been a long few days with back-to-back aways, but uh, we're finally getting through to it. And uh, now we've got a little little run of home games coming up, so uh, we can't complain. Yes, uh, absolutely. It has been a long few days. I actually had a look, Ross, and um, in the last four days, me and you have covered over 600 miles. So, uh, yeah, all fun and games. Um, unfortunately, Liam can't be with us this evening. Liam has recorded some thoughts, so they'll be uh, be inserted within the podcast. All right, gents. Hi, everyone. Apologies for not being on the live uh, recording of this. This is pre-recorded, Liam. I uh, just got back from Charlton. Um Really, really good game, I thought, overall. Um, both teams went for it, but, of course, Dons came away from, with the victory. Um, yeah, I've, I say it's been, a, it's been a very eventful week, hasn't it, really? Going at Sunderland, you know, I think that was one of the, the better Dons away games that we've, we've had. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let the gents discuss whether it's the best one ever, but it's certainly up there for me. I thought the whole weekend was fantastic. Um, everyone had travelled up. You know, credit to you. you, you were fantastic on the day. And you, you, as, as Manning said, you, you could see how much the, the lads appreciated the support. Yeah, if I was to sort of put both games together and sort of mesh them, really, I'd, I'd say that both games we didn't really play at our best. But we, once again, we mentioned this last episode, you know, adapted. And I think we adapted to the situation and sort of found a way to win the game. And well, as most of you guys will know, that's that's not really happened in most Don squads ever, really. Um, especially with the past few regimes, it seems to be very much sticking to your ways and, you know, hoping something will happen. Whereas, you know, this isn't the case now and it's it's refreshing. It's it's brilliant to have. Um, I heard start with Sunderland. It was, it was weird because... Connor Wickham getting the winning goal maybe wasn't as weird, but driving past the pub on the, on the way to Gateshead, it's a Wickham's house on it. You know, may, maybe it was written, in, it was written in the stars that Connor Wickham was going to come on and get the winning goal. But yeah, I thought, I, the, I think the thing is with this game, any this game in particular, was that I don't think there was any two 
there wasn't too many standout players for me in terms of Dom's perspective that did really well. Um, if there was one, it'd be Troy for me. Um, Troy was fantastic. His, his intensity, his pressing, general hard work is, you know, top class. So it, I think it's, I guess, of course, we saw him, we saw him play against Charlton also, but yeah, it's important to keep playing in whilst he's like this. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of talk about him you know, not getting goals, but he's not really playing as a striker. Um, you know, he's, he's off, you know, he's either on the wing or he's playing as like a second 10 to Twine. You know, he's not really there to get goals. And we've said this countless times this year, not necessarily it's been, you know, um, the coach staff also is that, you know, our, our players like Troy and our strikers don't need to score goals. That that was that was one of the whole things we tried to get away from, you know, this, this season especially. Um, and, of course, we've seen recently the win over Link, you know, wasn't Harry Darling getting goals. It's, you know, our strikers don't need to score goals. Uh, we can just do it with... You know, every everyone is capable. Some people obviously are more confident choosing others, but you know, getting on Troy's back for not scoring a goal is it's a pointless conversation, really. Um, but anyway, ran over. Um, yeah, Troy was really good. I thought again, um, you know, we'll talk about more from tonight's game, but Connor Coventry was brilliant. Um, I think he's a player who's gonna go right to the top of the game. Um, you know, it's I think it's one thing we him to him to have the passing range that he does, but to have the build physicality that he does also just makes him a really, really unique player. Um and I mean we you can see it like the way he the way he controls he uses his body to control the ball and block the block attackers off, it's and distribute it really quickly. It's uh it's something that not many people in the talk can actually do. Um of course Kaz wins the ball back, but he hasn't got the physicality. Uh, and just general build that a Connor commentary does. So, yeah, to, to have that in the squad right now, we're, we're very spoiled because I, I don't think he'll be um, knocking about championship next season. I think he'll be in the Premier League squad for West Ham, to be honest with you. Very similar build to Declan Rice. So, I imagine they want him um, work together with those two. But, um, yeah, Sunderland was really good. Oh, I'm, there's no sugar coating it. Fans are excellent. You know, win, getting the win was excellent. The weekend in general was excellent for on and off the pitch reasons. And uh, yeah, I'm still kind of recovering from it, to be fair. Um, obviously, I had a big one in Leeds on Monday night also. But yeah, it's um, it was good. Setting into Charleston on Tuesday, it was a... Again, it, I was I was speaking to I was speaking to Ken, a regular listener of the pod. All right, Ken, if you're listening, um, about the game, and I was a bit... I was a bit apprehensive about it. Uh, we know the Charleston, totally on the lead, they got some brilliant, brilliant players. Um, some of them are injured, some of them are suspended, but you know, they've still got a lot of players like Burstow, who, and you can just tell by the way he moves and his, and his just general like manners is that he's going to be a top, top player. Of course, Leco, who, you know, um, did wonders to Brooklyn Lunga in the Papa John's game and gave him a you know, two, couple of things to learn. Um, he's just gone to Royston Town, of course, Brooklyn. So good luck there, Brooke. Um, of course, Dobbs had a good game for them as well. So they got some decent players. But I felt with Don's, it was uh, took a while to get into this one um, on Tuesday. It, you know, it was it wasn't a shaky start, but a bit like the ones that like Accrington and Morecambe. A few sort of silly mistakes and took a few game saving, um, you know, blocks, interceptions, of course. Harry Darling makes a mistake and blocks one of Burstow's shots, which would have made it 1-0 if I had gone through his legs. And then literally 
what, five minutes later, Sonia Watson gets in behind the other defenders. Thanks for the Coventry pass and makes it 1-0. So, you know, it's, it's a massive, massive swing between going 1-0, a two-goal swing from being 1-0 down and then you're up 1-0 from Sankson tonight. But, yeah, I mean, two, two not burst. He had a really unfortunate game, didn't he? He had that, you know, goal, goal blocking um, from Darling. And then second half, he must have took us off the ball or something and skied it over the goal from basically an open goal again. I think he was injured at off injured at seventieth minute, so yeah, not not the best day for him. Um, so yeah, first half one and up. I thought, I don't know, if it, it was it was a fairly even game for me at that point. Um, I think we had a better chances. You know, I, I think Troy's chance in tenth minute was probably the biggest one. Um, you know, him and Wickham were kind of playing the Kane and Son role, which which Tottenham do. So Wickham was dropping in and even to the halfway line at points, acting like Harry Kane, no breaking up play, building up play. Um, and then ideally, you had the Olaf run a parrot who would you know get onto um balls and you know try and have a shot. And um, I mean, if he if he controls that pass better, um, I think it, I've got it from but in about the 10th minute or so, then that's that's one nil, and you know, you, you're looking pretty strong from there. But you know, trying to have the chances, I think we dealt with it well enough. Um, there were certainly some communication issues or just things not going where they wanted it to go in the, in the first half an hour but you know it got resolved and as usual with this sort of thing with Manning at half time it was you know it's very very effective team talk at half time um they came out really really quickly and of course uh, Wickham had a shot parried by the yeah it's Pomp keeper in Charlton's net and uh yeah Kane, Kane gets to it first and probably down to his not only his like just raw pace but his initiative gets there before the defender makes it 2-0 and you know, kind of puts a nail in the coffin, really. Uh, you know, after that one, uh, Charlton just d- disinterested and Don's happy to just pass it around the back and even at times, you know, just have a little fun with it and just, you know, just, well, well, better way of putting it is just to taking a piss, basically, and just showing their quality on the ball, which, you know, they'd love to do every day of the week, I'm assuming. So, yeah, I thought, I say Connor, Connor commentary was fantastic. Um, I think he literally took every stat from that game and just see how dominant he was. And of course, he got the assist for tonight's goal. So, yeah, it was a it was a good game. I, as I said, it, we're not we're not playing perfect at the moment, but we don't need to play perfect. We need to win football games, and we are doing that, which is brilliant. And um, yeah, it, it's another good sign of. You know, if it is player football, then I think we we stand a good chance to do well. Um, of course. The, the automatic situation is still a possibility. Um, I don't think Wigan's games in hand are the easiest, to be honest with you. Um, especially as quite a few of them are at home and they're a better away team. Um, but I think the next three of, of Bolton, Wigan and Rotherham and Wigan, sorry. I think if you want any chance, we need to take seven points. Now, however, however you get those seven points, it doesn't really bother me. Um, and some people will say we'll, we'll need nine. Uh, I could see that argument also. Um, but yeah, any, anything less than seven, and I think we'll struggle. Um, I mean, you saw, you saw Wigan tonight against Wickham, you know. They came back from we went 1 0 down and scored what, three goals in, I think it was like 15 minutes. And Rotherham, like, as, as always, just took care of business against the, against the poor Morecambe team, who no manager now. So. 
yeah, it's just, it's a big it's a big next three games. We're gonna need everyone. Um, fortunately, two of them are at home. I think if if we want to be this team that gets the championship next season, we're gonna well, we're gonna have to improve the home form. Basically, it's not it's not terrible, but something needs to happen where we you know convert our really really good away form and put it into our own fortress and make it, make it make it that fortress again because we've let a few results slip recently, which it's not what we need really and it's not what a promotion team would do um but yeah no I, really positive over i think the week's been fantastic um and yeah it's it sets up nicely for what's going to be a, a a big couple of weeks really and we're gonna we're gonna see whether we've we've developed a lot more since the first time we played Rotherham, for example where you know a bit like seasons in the past when, when Hull have come to town or a um like a Blackburn maybe have come to town when they're in League One that you know the, the score is on and off the pitch. So be be a good little test to see well, how we've come along since then and you know what what we can expect going forward because uh overall really positive. But yeah that that's my thoughts on uh, both games. Um I'll pass it back over to Ross and Joe to take you through this. Um right well I guess there's uh yeah, only one place to start, and that is the northeast of England, Sunderland away. Um, what a performance! And I'm not just talking about Ross driving there and back. Um, it was a well-deserved two-one um, victory for the Dons. It was, you know, I think a lot of the things we've come to expect from a, a Dons side in away from home. Um, we weren't, you know, in, like, as I said in recent weeks, we weren't absolutely peppering them. We weren't absolutely battering them. But we we did the job and we limited Sunderland to uh, not many chances. Uh, Ross, what was your immediate reaction following the game? Um, it was a huge three points, I felt. It's three points, which I thought at the start of the game, um, you, you, you question, because obviously a club of Sunderland statue um, and the quality they possessed um, within their squad, Jack Clark, McGeady, and all these top players like Ross Stewart, who who did score on the day, um, we knew um, what they what they were all about, and um, it we set up perfectly, and um, we used the counter attack so well. And um, yes, Joe, you, you mentioned about how you only just got back uh, from Sunderland, but I thought I my game plan that to and from there, driving up and up 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 and down uh, was executed as well. Uh, quite finely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, it, it was. It is like you say, Sunderland. They do possess quality, and I think we almost caught them at a good time uh, with the. I think it was the first home game under the new manager uh, Alex Neil, and you know, for all their you know real quality players, they didn't necessarily create loads and loads of chances. Do you think that's a a more combination of, uh, of of Sunderland's tactical setup, or do you think it was more uh, how we as a team were able to stop them, Ross? I've, I do believe it was from us defensively. Um, we've seen it in recent performances, and um, it just shows how um, stubborn that back line is. They work as a unit, and um, when it, we are against the Kosh, I know we conceded. Um, we didn't let them have the crowd. Um, 
we got straight back into it and um, we took our chance. But at the end of the day, uh, when you do come play, come to places like this, if you're restricting the home team to one shot on target, it says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, one of the key things I think from that, you know, that one shot on target, it's, you know, it, it, I know it is very much cliche, but it's all about, defending from the front and I think if you look to look at that team um ev absolutely everyone put in a huge shift um I think and I think you know it, it started from Mo at the front um I think he, he was a constant menace in in uh in, in the side in the a thorn in the side of um of Sunderland he wasn't really letting them play out they were forced to go long sometimes and then you know Troy and Twiney we know what they're like uh McEachern and Coventry they had the quality on the ball and you know when we did get it, when we did get it, and, um, and then you also saw, you know, a, a, a more, you know, tonight and uh, Dan Harvey they weren't getting forward as much. You know, it was a bit more of a counter-attacking performance. But I think for me, Ross, one of the most important things was that, you know, obviously, as soon as it make they make it one all, you kind of think right here we go. Um, you know, we saw it against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, the crowd get up for it and uh, it doesn't take long before that, you know, they get another. And we saw it at Portsmouth, um, you know, and, and for a late Jamie Cummins save, they, they nearly got back into it as well. So I think that the fact that we actually weathered out the storm and, um, and, and saw this game, well, not even saw this game out, but then kicked on, kept the crowd quiet and... Um, I think, you know, one of the key things in, in being able to do that was the fact of how brave our defence was and we were actually playing quite high line. We weren't sitting back at all, were we? A hundred percent. And that's what you have to credit to the lads. Um, I know in previous episodes we've mentioned about um, how it, they're learning on the job and this is a young team. And you can tell that, that they're learning and they're maturing each game which goes by. And um, they learn from the mistakes. And that's what you want with, obviously, a young side like this. And that's how you develop it, players into a high-level performers. And at the end of the day, as I just said uh, just a minute ago, if we are to get three points at these sort of places, you need, to, you need the whole team. And that's, as you say, leading from the front line as well as defensively. Yep, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, let's touch on that front line. Uh, we had... Troy, who I think just worked his socks off as usual. Um, Scott Twine, he's not necessarily scoring or assisting lately, but I think he's still so influential in the pressing and also, you know, his quick passes and he just helps us move up the pitch and counter-attack really quickly. And then, well, let's talk about that first goal from Mo Issa. Um, What were you thinking when that ball was played through from Josh McEachern? Uh Goal. I... This is easy as that, eh? Yeah, it was easy as that. I was a bit unsure on the second, obviously due to it being Wickham, but on the first one, um, that's what you that's what you want of Mo um, in one on one with a goalkeeper, and we saw it at, at Wickham against Bazanuga uh, against one of the best goalkeepers in the league. He made it look simple with his left foot, and as I say, that's what you pay the money for. And um, if we are to go up. Um, even through autos, the playoffs, or whatever, um, these moments will define our season. Yeah, absolutely. That's you know we talk about the clinical nature of the strike, um, and then you get Connor Wickham scoring his first goal for the Dons. 
uh, came off the bench and, you know, I think he was a real handful and, you know, that finish, it was, uh, I thought when he controlled the ball, I thought that was a bit, bit behind him, but he, I think he'd done well to recover and uh, against his former club, uh, makes him, he made that he uh, proved the difference on the day. Yeah, um, just on obviously Connor Wickham, that's obviously, I think his experience paid dividend then. Um, obviously, we know he's been at um, Crystal Palace and obviously he's ex-Sunderland and, um yeah, he, he did slot it well very nicely and um, he deserved his start and obviously against Charlton on Tuesday. Yeah, um, yeah, completely agree. Um, is there anything else you'd like to touch on with Sunderland? I know we've got quite a lot to get through on today's pod. Anything else, anyone you want to give a shout out to? Um, I'll tell you, actually, I, I would like to give a shout out to the fans. I thought for... Yeah, given the distance and how many away games we've had recently, I thought it was a really good number that travelled up. Um, and it was, yeah, I think uh, the the lads certainly rewarded uh, rewarded us for having to travel all that way up, and uh, it certainly made the weekend worthwhile. Was it was it your best away uh, day following Milton Keynes? Or oh, I think it was one of the best weekends. I think I'd still think Swindon three 0 away. Just because of what it meant at the time, yeah. Um, I think that's probably the the, the big, the best one for me. Um, but like Crew was a great day out as well. Um, so yeah, who knows? I mean, Plymouth could be a good day out come the end of the season if uh, we're still in and around it. So uh, yeah, I think it was it was def- it's definitely up there. Maybe not the best though. <laughs> I'm I'm saying the complete opposite. I thought it was. Um, I think it was just in terms of obviously. The nature of obviously travelling up, and then um, having, as you say, Joe, we're having a weekend there, and we enjoyed ourselves Saturday night, and then thoroughly regretted it Sunday morning. But that's all perks and uh, all perks of Milton Keynes Football Club. It's what they do to us sometimes. Um, but I wasn't complaining. Um, but yeah, it was a great weekend, and um, it was just nice to get uh, another three points in a row. Yeah, well, uh, you know, speaking of being on the road, uh, I think a matter of three days later, two broken men from Ketrin made their way down to, to the capital. And, um, and we were rewarded again with three points on the road. Um, it was a great 2-0 win against Charlton. And it was a funny game, this one, actually. I think first half, not much really happened. We couldn't seem to get going. We weren't playing bad, really, but we just weren't doing anything. Um, and then I think, you know, Charlton had a few moments uh, in the game and where you think, oh, gosh, they're, you know, they, 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 you know if, if they actually had a striker on the pitch, maybe that that might, um, you know, cause us a bit more of a trouble. They did have their share of injury troubles. Um, but once we got that first goal, which we'll come on to shortly, um, and then you know the goal to seal it. We just it seemed that saw it out pretty comfortably. So um, I, in my eyes, it's just an efficient professional away performance. Um, would you go along with that, Ross? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I feel obviously with obviously back to back away games. Sometimes the travel takes out of some players, and uh, maybe you start a bit fatigued. Yes, the first half we weren't at our usual best. But I don't feel, as you said, Joe, um, we conceded many chances. Um, 
But fair play to Charlton in that first half. They were really pressing us and maybe it was their legs which uh, just ran out near the end of the half and um, we started playing our own stuff and just looking at the stats, they had no shots on target at home. Again, another defensive decent performance. I know, obviously, you just mentioned about them not having a, a decent striker at top due to like injuries or what, but you're still cancelling out a team uh, who can be dangerous. They've got some um, some really tidy players. Leko, for example, he's I believe he scored against us in the uh, Papa John's Trophy. George Dobson, ex-Sunderland. Obviously, we know what Gilby offers. Um, yeah, plenty, plenty of decent League One players who can challenge us. But at the end of the day, we held held firm, and uh, I think it was a case of just taking our chances. Um, but may I say, Connor Coventry's pass for tonight's goal was absolutely ridiculous, and uh, you can understand why he's got that pedigree of West Ham. Um, he's really coming alive in this system now um, we know I know me and Joe have both mentioned about obviously Coventry just doing enough um, in this system but now he's starting to thrive that extra bit more now he's um, starting to build up that engine and then the second goal I think I don't know what I was more impressed by the goal or the celebration the celebration was a joke from Kessler Hayden I'd be, be interested to see whether I could do that uh, <laughs> for a celebration for a goal. But, yeah, it was some celebration. And, um, again, the away end, outstanding yet again. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you mentioned the two goals there. And uh, up at Sunderland, we had two strikers with two clinical finishes. And uh, at Charlton, we had the two full-backs with two clinical finishes. Um Dan Harvey, obviously uh, out with uh, out due to have getting more cards than uh, me on Valentine's Day, and uh, he's he's um, you know Kessler Hayden came in and tonight moved over to that left hand side, and they both scored. Uh, as you said, first one Connor Coventry plays a beautiful ball with the outside of his foot, and tonight cuts inside one touch, scoops it past the keeper. There you go. And um, and then the second goal was Kessler Hayden being there for a rebound from a I think it was a shot from either Troy or from Connor, uh, Connor Connor Wickham. Yeah, so there you go. It was I think yeah, very much a um, it just it just shows how the wing backs in our system how you know versatile they are, and I think it's it's a really good sign as well, Ross, that you know a pl- new players come in. And they've hit the ground running again. You know, we've seen it with Coventry. He's eased his way in. Um, but Kessler Hayden on his second start, he's, you know, looking like a player already. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think Manny mentioned it about, obviously, these new signings. Yes, they haven't obviously had the game time, um, obviously, aside from Tuesday. But um, they when they do get the game time, they've got to take the chance because of at the moment we're playing such a high level of football. And uh, we've got so many top performers in the team. Um, it's hard. It's hard to displace them um, from the starting eleven. So when you do get your chance, you've got to take it. But well, the thing what pleased me the most is the fact that obviously we've mentioned about Twine Mo getting the goals, but it's other others chipping in, and that's what you need. If we're getting, if Twine is getting double teamed, you need someone else to stand up elsewhere and uh, chip in with a goal or assist. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot's made of uh, this myth that you need a 20-goal-a-season striker. And, yeah, I mean, that's probably nice to have. However, you know, I think if you look at the likes of Man City and uh, and uh, in recent years, you've got they've got multiple players that are all chipping in five, ten goals per season. You know, the centre-backs are getting maybe three or four goals a season. I mean, Harry Darling, he's going to be competing for the golden boot at this rate. He's <laughs> with his six goals this season, I think it is. Um, but then, you, you know, when we had Peter Chioso, he scored four goals in the league in 16 games. Uh, Matt O'Reilly was chipping in from midfield. But then you've still got Mo Issa on eight goals in just 20 starts, by the way. And, you know, Twine on 13 in, in, in 33. Um, and then even people like Hiram and... You know, who, who's almost, you know, on the fringes of the team. He, he's chipped in with three goals this season. So I think it's just really good that we're not overly relying on, you know, one player for goals. And if, for instance, I don't know, Mo got injured or Troy got injured or Connor Wickham got injured, um, we're not necessarily going to be completely uh, screwed. Um, there's two players in particular I'd like to talk about, um, not just a... Uh, after the Charlton game, but actually after the Sunderland and the Charlton game, Ross. And it's the two Connors. Um, I'm going to start off with Connor Wickham. Um, as we mentioned, a great goal against uh, Sunderland, really just showing his class. Um, and even though he did actually miss another one later on in the game against Sunderland, he's, he was in those positions and he was making those runs. And um, he was rewarded with a start against Charlton. And I thought he did really well. He had, he, he had a couple of chances. He was lively. He was putting himself about. And one thing I was really pleased to see as well, though, is we didn't, just because he was up front, we didn't all of a sudden just start lumping it up and, you know, thinking, oh, oh look, we've got a striker that's over six foot. We must be lumping it up to him to get flick-ons, etc. You know, we really played, you know, to his strengths and he's so clever with his movement. And I think one of the things that impresses me most is Conor Wickham's ability to bring other people into the, play, into the game. And um, and that, but then when he does get in the box, he is a he is a threat as well. So um, Ross, I think you know we met, mentioned in January when making this signing that it might take a little bit of time for him to bed in. But you know if we can keep him fit, it is looking like a really good signing. Oh, hundred percent. And um, I think as you've just said, obviously it was a low risk, um, low risk, high reward sort of scenario. Um, but what pleased me the most about, obviously, Wickham, especially against Charlton, as you said, Joe, it was a case of bringing others into play. And I think once he got the ball down, uh, players kept dropping off for other players. And I think he, he had one time where they dropped off that much. He just went on for a run. And I, I believe he beat, like, three players and it got deflected over the bar. But if, you're, if your striker's doing something like that and he's causing problems... Um, at the end of the day, that's all the manager asks you to, for you to do. Um, so, I, I do believe Wickham is posing a, a threat to Mo and Troy, um, and causing Liam Manning the best part of a headache um, for who to start. Obviously, this coming Saturday, um, but I'm glad I'm not making that decision for sure. Yeah, I mean, just looking at um, predicted my uh, starting eleven for the Bolton preview coming up. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to be need a bit more time on that, to be honest. Um, and the other Connor in our team that I would like to touch on is uh, Connor Coventry, of course. And we've been saying, uh, you know, he's just each game, he's just getting better and better and better. And again, you know, these last two games, he's been, he's, you know, to say that he's 
outshone Josh McEachern in that central midfield. You know, not many people would do that unless your name is Matt O'Reilly, who, by the way, started in Europe the other night. You know, <laughs> he's, you know, it, it, it's very rare for someone to be able to say that, you know, they're outplaying Josh McEachern consistently. And he, again, just, it was an all-round midfield performance. At the start, I think, you know, I think like, like it's natural, you know, you, you have that bedding in period. And I want to say, I don't want to say he was just playing it safe all the time, but, you know, he was just doing the basics well, which was fine. But now we're starting to see another side to his game where it's like, oh, what, right, yeah, we've got a player on our hands. That's why he's been given professional deals by West Ham. That's why Manning rates him so highly. Yeah, I can see it now. You know, that's why initially, let's face it, at the start of the season, he got moved to a championship club. But, um, you know, I don't really think it's his fault that it didn't work out at Peterborough because, uh, as we said before, it's not working out for many people at Peterborough at the moment. So, um, you know, there you go. Um, but I think just, you know, just almost you can tell that he's he's getting his confidence together, he's getting his fitness together because let's forget, let's not forget, sorry, he wasn't playing at Peterborough. So he's not going to, you know, have loads of games under his belt and ready, ready to hit the ground running, but he was forced to come in early because we didn't have any central midfielders at this point. And I think two bits of play that just summed him up and the summed almost the rise of kind of Coventry up uh, for me were, you know, that outside of the foot ball, through ball to tonight. It was just absolutely perfect. Eye of the needle stuff. And then there was a ball as well, which was, it was just a chip over the defence and Troy Parrott, he, he just, his, his first touch, it was just, just too much. Um, and I think, you know, that just shows that he's constantly aware and he's not afraid to take on that killer ball. And, um, gosh, sounds like I've got a bit of a man crush on the guy. But, yeah, I'm just really, really impressed with him. And um, I can't wait to see him again on Saturday, Ross. And he's only 21 years old also. That's a scary part of it. And... Um... I know obviously some fans don't like the loan business or the loan market, but we've striked again, it seems, and uh, we've got a little gem. And um, I know obviously we, we shouldn't look beyond, but obviously you can you can tell why he's from West Ham. Um, it's just as intelligent um, and it's more it's more in his head more than anything. Um, he sees a lot of things and um, I, I do believe he's got, he's got a real good engine on, on him also. Um, even in that last 15 minutes where Charlton had a few few counter-attacks, Coventry would break it all up, make it simple, calm it all down, and that's exactly what we want. And uh, it's called a bit of game management, and uh, it seems like he's maturing each game. And um, as, as we've just both all said, he's prospering in the system. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so I guess my overriding thoughts just... Uh on this whole sort of period of four days is just one of, you know, professionalism, one of getting the job done, one of realising what needs to be done. You know, I spoke about the defence and the last 12 games, we've only conceded six goals and that's one goal in six different games. You know, I, uh, since, uh, since Boxing Day, we haven't conceded more than two goals in a game. And if you're only conceding zero or one goals a game, you're going to win a hell of a lot more than you lose. And that's definitely been the case for us. So, um, you know, I think everything's looking good at the moment. Everything's looking good. We're, um, 
we're rocking and rolling and um you know you know let's you know as long as we're putting the pressure on uh Wigan and Rotherham uh Ross who knows what can happen that's all I, that's all you ask for the boys I know obviously it's out of our hands and this and that um but we've still got to play Wigan we've still got to play Rotherham who knows what's going to happen they could drop out of the top three we don't know they could lose the rest of the games um of the season um but at the end of the day, all we can do is do our job and then uh, what will be, will be. Absolutely. And I think that rounds us quite nicely off for what has been a brilliant week for the Dons. And looking to extend that run um, is uh, our home game coming up against Bolton, which we'll be previewing just after the short break. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Hello and welcome back to the next part of this week's episode of the MK1 podcast. Um, it's time to look ahead to Saturday's game. Um, this week it is Bolton at home. Now, you'd be forgiven for looking at the table and thinking, ah, mid-table Bolton, yeah, they seem all right. Um, but actually, they're probably one of the best six teams in the league at the moment. Um, and, you know, it's not just, you know, their league position, I think, is, it is false. Um, you know, they're currently sat in, in 10th place, haven't played the same amount of games as MK, but sitting with 12 points fewer on 51 points. And they've actually scored the same amount of goals as the Dons, 55 goals. However, you know, this is the main difference. Uh, they've conceded 10 more than the Dons. So it just goes to show how crucial our you know, defensive record has been in, in where we are in the league. Um, in terms of, you know, a little bit about Bolton, they've got Ian Everett as their manager. Um, he was managing Barrow in the... Um, in the National League and he pretty much as good as got them promoted before moving on to Bolton. He took them out of League Two last season um, and funnily enough, Bolton last season, they were actually, um, they were in the bottom half come Christmas but they ended up getting automatic promotion. Um, I think they had 16 wins in the last 22 games or something. So, uh, well, I mean, if they're going to go on a, some sort of similar run now, then, um, well, they've got 12 games left so uh, you know, 36 points to play for, who knows. Um, but they've got previous for sure. Um, in terms of what you know, Ian Everett likes to do, he loves to get the ball down. And he loves to play proper football, so to speak. Um, they've got the third highest open play uh, expected goals in, in the league this season. Uh, just for context, the Dons are fifth. So it just goes to show, you know, they are a real attacking team. Um, they can make chances, but as we previously said, maybe they do leave that door open at the back. In terms of form, now... You know, I, I don't actually mind looking at these form tables because they've also got MK quite high up in them as well. Um, if you want to look at the last uh, 10 games, Bolton, they've won eight, drawn one and lost one, scoring 25 goals in that time and and uh, securing 25 points. That's that's very good. Um, and even after... And so, you know, it just goes to show just how good their form has been recently. Uh, in terms of Don's, we're third in the league in terms of form in the last 10 matches with seven wins, two draws and just the one defeat. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're coming up against a team who, 
you know, they've really started to transform their season and they're looking like a team that could, you know, make a late charge for the playoffs if you've got teams like uh, you, uh, your, um, your Wickham's or or maybe Oxford or or us. You know, if we start to fall away a little bit and uh, start to lose a little bit of form, then, uh, you know, there's teams like uh, Bolton and Ipswich that are going to be ready and waiting to, to try and take up those places. And they've certainly got the quality to do so. They had an excellent January. Um, they brought in four or five real top quality players. Um, they're players that have just automatically uh, improved their first 11. Just a couple of examples. You've got James Trafford in goal, Aaron Morley in from Rochdale, Dion Charles, who we know we know we know all know quite a lot about, Marlon Fossey, who Ross is going to touch on in a bit. Uh, Kyle Dempsey on deadline day from Gillingham and uh, Kieran Sadlier as well. So these are all players that, you know, even if they're not starting week in, week out, they definitely, you know, bolster that Bolton squad. And so certainly give them a lot of options off the bench. And, um, you know, that you, know, you think back to the start of the season where they had, say, Owen Doyle up top. Owen Doyle only scored five goals in, in over 20 games and Dion Charles has already got six in his first 10 or so for Bolton. So it just goes to show, you know, they are upgrading in each position, which they were buying in January so yeah I think it's got the potential to be quite a nice game and easy on the eye uh, uh, it's an awful cliche but it's got potential to be a great advert for League One um, Bolton love to score goals in their last um, how many games is that? in their last five games they have scored 15 goals so um, yep I think uh, if they can if they're, if they're tight at the back we may be in for a bit of a bit of trouble but at the same time, they're not exactly uh, uh, rock solid at the back. Ross, have you got a couple of players you wanted to touch on? Yeah, you mentioned about obviously their attacking assets, um, but I think Marlon Fossey, the uh, attacking right wing back. Um, I know they don't play wing backs, but effectively he's so high. Um, he he's been a real good addition um, in January. He signed for um, signed from Fulham. He was. Um, he started his career in Fulham, actually. Um, he had a few loan spells at, I believe it was Shrewsbury. Um, and he very he very much reminds me of Ethan Laird in the sense of he likes to bomb it forward, but he's a bit vulnerable when going um, defensively. So maybe that's something we can execute, execute and uh, take advantage of. Um, but obviously, he's got that bit of quality about him. Um, I was just looking at his player profile and... He's got, he's got, he's played um, for USA under under twenties, um, so he's he's got some know how about himself. Um, he's got one goal and three assists this season. So um, since January, that's not a bad return. Um, and the other player I wanted to touch upon is um, someone who scores against us all the time when we used to play Accrington and Dion Charles, um, the twenty six year old um, up top. He's got six goals and three assists in 16 starts. And what what's that? Nine goal contributions in 16 starts. That I'd, I'd call that very good returns. Um, and he's heavily involved in this Bolton side. And it looks like um, he likes to bring um, a lot of other people in play. He's averaging about 27 touches a game. And um, no, it obviously doesn't seem quite a lot, but in the same, in the same breath... Um, if he's got other players like Fossey attacking, um, he only needs to get in the box, really. Um, 
So two players who can hurt us, but they've got plenty of other talents um, also who can really punish us. Um, but defensively, if we see anything like we saw against um, Charlton or um, Sunderland away, for example, and we stay firm, I do believe we've got some quality to hurt these lot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, I think their, their team is just so attacking in midfield. They had Aaron Morley and uh, Carl Dempsey. Carl Dempsey, I think, have been more of a, you know, more of an attack-minded midfielder. Um, and then in goal, they got the 19-year-old James Trafford. Um, I think he's on loan from Man City, uh, but he's very. I remember. I think he was at Accrington. I want to say he was at Accrington last year. And I just remember he's very good on the ball. Um, and you know the, they their wing backs they will be bombing forward. They play like a three four one two. And I think the guy I just wanted to pick out was um, the guy who's probably going to be playing that number ten role, or possibly um, alongside Charles up front in Dapo Afalayan. He's pretty much up there for like all the dribbling stats in the league. He is looking to going to be looking to take on his man, and um, it's actually going to be a really intriguing battle because Afalayan is ex West Ham. And is the same age group, I believe, as what kind of commentary was, or maybe one one or two above. So Manning's going to know know uh, Affleyan, and he's going to know his his strengths and his dangers. So um, yeah, I think that's going to be a really just interesting one to watch out for. And um, I think if you keep that Affleyan, Affleyan, Fossey, and uh, John quiet on the other wing back, I think hopefully you go some way to stop Bolton creating the uh, the volume of chances that they do. Um, right. Are you ready to give us your predicted starting 11, Ross? Of course. I'm always ready. Well, um, let's get into it then. <laughs> um, obviously, I've gone with the obviously Jamie coming in goal. Um, Warren Ahura, Darling, and Louis pretty much faultless these past couple of games. Um, I think obviously that they're the reason why we're we're so firm at the back. They've got some maturity about them, and I just feel, especially in this last obviously couple of games. Well, I say a couple of games. I, I believe there's what over ten games left the rest of the season now. Um, not many to go, um, but we need to keep these injury free. These three, and um, if we are going to push on. Um, because obviously they're the reason why where we are at the moment. Um, and then I've gone with, as wing-backs, I've gone with uh, Kesler Hayden and um, Tanai Watson. I believe they were pretty much faultless on Tuesday. Um, obviously both grabbing goals um, and being a real nuisance. Um, and then obviously the two in the middle, obviously you could mention Kasumu, but at the moment, why... Why disrupt a informed duo in the middle of the park um, with Josh McEachran and Connor Coventry? I do believe them two um, are two individuals who are on form. And um, as I just said just a minute ago, why why displace them from that? Um, and then I've gone with Theo out on the right. That's my one change. Um, I do believe Theo against Bolton who will be pressing quite high. Theo will have a lot of joy down his uh, right-hand side um, and he'll have some space to attack into. We know what Theo is all about and um, he can punish a team if he wants to. And then on the other side, I've gone with Twiney. Again, Twiney's undroppable in this, in this squad at the moment. We know what he possesses. Yes, he hasn't been getting goals or assists, but it's his press in my eyes. 
he leads he leads the line alongside uh, my next player in Mo. I do believe Mo will start this weekend. Um, I I think it's it's a perfect game for him really. Um, if we get him to the box, he's going to hurt him. And I don't believe um, Ian Everett will set set Bolton up defensively, so there w- there will be spaces. And when Mo gets space, he scores goals. Oh, oh, very understandable. I do like it. I do like it. Um, I myself have gone with just the one change from the game against Cheltenham. Uh, I've got big Jamie coming in goal. I've gone Kane Kessler, Warren O'Hara, Harry Darling, Dean Lewington and Sny Watson. As you say, this defensive unit is a rock. And I think that the stable, you know, think back to last season, we had, you know, some periods where... You know, we wing-backs were changing a lot. Um, we obviously went from Lee Nichols to Andrew Fisher. We had, you know, disruption in the defensive ranks with, you know, Richard Keogh leaving. Um, we had, you know, Regan Paul and George Williams playing half the season at, at centre-back as well. So I think, yeah, the real key thing is you, is the consistency. And these young, talented defenders now, we're starting to see the consistency. Um, I do not include Dean Lewington when I say young defenders. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, in midfield, that's where I've made my one change. And I've brought in David Kasumu for Josh McEachern. I've been really impressed with Dave Kasumu when he's come off the bench, especially against Sunderland, but against um, Charlton as well. I think this game is a David Kasumu game. I think back to Wigan away. And I think back to that second half against Sunderland. And both of those games were against teams that were trying to play. And they were going for it. And that means one thing. And that means, yeah, there's going to be space in behind. And if there's one player that you, you know, that is so good on the turn at beating a press. And then as soon as you bypass that press, you're in business. You know, and you're there and ready to make things happen, essentially. That's David Kasumu. And I just think back to that game against Wigan where, you know, they were trying to play hard. They were trying to make things happen. And he was having the time of his life. And he's looked really sharp. You know, and also just, you know, just a simple matter of just keeping Josh McEachern fresh because I'd like him to start against Rotherham. <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, you know, just, just, just a little bit of, um, of that, that uh, there as well. In terms of the front line, I've... I've I did struggle a little bit with this because I think we've got five really good options there now. You know, so unfortunately for me, Theo, Corbinu and Mo Ice, they're missing out again. I've gone with Troy Parrott on the right, Connor Wickham up top and Scott Twine off the left. I really like how Connor and Troy have been working together. I think that they, you know, we saw they almost scored the same goal twice um, at Sunderland. And Connor Wickham, he was lively against Charlton and Troy was feeding off of that. And then Twine's just, you know, he's just buzzing around doing his own thing and he's just so important on and off the ball. Um, I think Theo, he's a great option off the bench with his pace. I just think he, Theo's almost been a victim of how well we've been playing, you know, because uh, Troy's just come back into form and I think Troy does more for us off the ball than what Theo does. And um, I think, you know, Theo, he's been, I've, I've really liked him and I can't fault the bloke, but I think just maybe we haven't just quite seen that end product there. Um, you know, we've seen a few assists from Troy in recent games and we've seen 
Troy getting into some more dangerous areas. So, you know, just keep Troy going because, you know, as we've seen at the start of the season, when he's on his day, there's not many better in the league. And then with Connor Wickham, I think I had a little look at Bolton's defensive line. And, you know, they, they got Gethin Jones, who's playing on the left side of the back three. And, you know, I think he's a converted sort of left back, converted wing back sort of thing. So, um, you know, yeah, so he's played left and right back before. And he's also played like left and um, left like midfield before. So, he, and he's not that tall. He's 178 centimetres. And the same with the guy who plays on the other side of the back three, or who did against Lincoln anyway, um, Johnston. Um, who, who is a central defender, but again, he's he's 1.8 metres, 180 centimetres, so he's not the tallest. And I just think that, you know, the way that Bolton play, I think that if you've got someone like Conor Wickham who can almost just stick up, stick himself on them, impose himself, you know, get them drawn in and then and then peel off and, and spread the plates and the other players, I think that that could be somewhere where, you know, we, we, we could have some joy potentially. And not all of a sudden suggesting that we start pumping balls into the box and hope for the best. But I'm just saying, I think it could be a good option. But then again, it could be a good option off the bench if things aren't necessarily going our way. So, um, but yeah, I think I'm really happy with how Connor's done and um, long may it continue. Um, right. The big one then. Is it another win for the Dons that you've gone for, Ross? Um, obviously, just before I get in my predictions, um. I was just looking at Bolton's last five games and they, they there's been over 2.5 goals. So that Bolton are involved in goals. Um, so I, I do believe that we'll, we'll see a fair few on Saturday. But the form we're in, I know Bolton are in decent form, um, no matter what you say. But I think the form we're in and the positivity around the place at the moment... Um, I just I can't not back us at the moment, um, and I've gone with a three-one, but I'm not I ha- I haven't gone with a three-one where you're cruising to victory. I do believe that uh, Bolton will, will be in it right till the end. Um, it's obviously Ian Everett's side that they don't normally give up, um, but yeah, I've gone with three-one Don's victory, um, and yeah, Mo's Mo's definitely scoring on Saturday. I like it. I like it. I have gone for a 2-1 victory. Um, I was actually looking, you mentioned about the form tables and that. I was looking at their home versus away form and their home form, they're averaging two points a game. Only Sunderland and Rotherham have got better home forms um, than they do. And, um, you know, so that just goes to show the sort of calibre of how good they are at home. However, away from home, uh, they're mid-table stuck between Cambridge and a certain AFC Wimbledon. With just 17 points um, uh, from 17 games from the uh, from their away fixtures, so it just goes to show that actually, you know, they're not the best travellers away from home as they are um, as they are at home. And I think as well, another thing just to add, I think um, with how we play, you know, obviously our pitch is not the carpet it once was, um, and I think that. It, you know, playing someone like Connor Wickham and Troy, you know, it almost does give us the options to change it up a little bit. And I think, you know, one of the reasons Bolton's form might be so good at home is purely because, you know, great, great facilities and set up at the, uh, it's not the Reebok anymore, it's the Macron or something stupid like that, isn't it? But 
yeah, that <laughs> it will always be the Reebok to me. Um, but yeah, Bolton, you know, they, they've got, you know, that's possibly a reason for why their home form is so good. So yeah, with that, I, I I'm thinking we we'll edge it, and um, I'm certainly hope so. Right then, with that, I think that rounds us off for this week's episode. Um, it's been some week, and hopefully we can continue it um, going into the last uh, stretch of games of the season. Um, I believe Rotherham away tickets and Cambridge away tickets are now out, so be sure to go check them out. And um, you know, five more away games left, so it'd be good to really get as many as we can there, and um, really just push the boys on for, until the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, hopefully another three points on Saturday and come on, you dons. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans